Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast, and we are together again. This is Trent, and I am actually recording with Alan. <laughs> We've been on our own for the last three weeks, and it's good to be back together and to be able to talk through some things together. Yeah, the prodigals come home, so Yay! we're going to have a celebration, so anyway. <laughs> Man, I know you had a great trip, and I, you and Dana had a wonderful time. I've enjoyed uh, looking at the pictures and know that God just used that as a wonderful time of refreshing. And man, I know you've got great stuff that's been on your mind that you wanted to talk about. So tell us what's been on your mind lately. Well, you know, as we were thinking about getting ready to podcast again and doing this together, and as we were traveling throughout Europe and we got to go through a lot of churches and, and uh, you know, one of the things that just kept coming back to me was um, the importance of scripture in our lives and in our churches specifically. And so today we want to talk about, do we revere scripture? Yeah, that's such an important topic. And, you know, you and I have a, a very similar belief that we see every great movement God has done throughout the world has really been rooted in scripture. And whenever mm -hmm. God moves, there's a great tie to, to scripture. And you are, you're over in Europe where we've actually seen that bear fruit. You know, when we go back and, and look at the time of where, where the reformers were doing so much of, of their work to bring the Bible to two people. But I believe the great works of God that are going to happen are going to happen because we're we're firmly rooted in Scripture as well. Yeah, I agree, Alan. You know, we got to go through uh, Worms. It looks like Worms, Germany. Uh, and that is where uh, Martin Luther was put on trial for his views about Scripture and and elevating it and, and making it so that every person, every believer, every church-going person could hear scripture in their own language and he was put on trial for that that and unfortunately um the church at that time the the universal the catholic church um denounced him uh, because he was trying to make it so that people could read scripture uh and and so you know not only has every great movement begun with elevation of scripture but also the opposite is true that every um I guess deceased or a church that is deceased, it begins when they lessen the authority and the value of scripture. Yeah. If you ever want to pour move, uh, water on the movement of God, uh, just put, make scripture a secondary matter. We are, we are people of God's word. We're people of the Bible. And for some reason, there seems to almost be an attack of that, that people get the idea that if you have a high view of scripture that you're actually actually worshiping the scripture above the savior but we are made very clear in the bible that god gave us his word and we are to put it in our hearts so that our lives will be right before him mm -hmm. you know i i love what john stott said he said that that good the good um good character begins with good theology and we know that good theology begins with understanding scripture in the right way. So this is a great topic for us to think about. Yeah, and scripture itself says, I have hidden my God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. So it's it's God's given us a fence, a, a way to help protect us and to protect our 
relationship with him. And so uh, one of the things that I was reading in the Westminster Confession, um, just and one of the statements there I thought was really good is that the authority of the Holy Scripture for which it ought to be believed and obeyed depends not upon the testimony of any man or church, but wholly upon God, who is truth itself, the author thereof, and therefore is to be received because it is the word of God. So we need to be receiving God's word because it is a message directly from truth, from God himself. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way for it to be framed. And what we want to do then is just ask some questions. And these are the questions that we want to just have you think about today as you're thinking about how we revere scripture um, in our lives. So Trent, thanks for putting this note together. And let's look at that first question. And that's, do we as pastors revere and hold holy God's holy scripture? I think this is a huge question. And let me just tell you about a, a conversation that I got to have. Um, one of the one of our good friends, Nick Howard, who is a pastor of an international church in Germany, uh, we were having a conversation about this, and he, he mentioned that he's had people that, you know, are uh, military people or, or international folks that have come and joined his church that, that you know, he mentions about having a Bible and, and or being aware of Scripture. And, and even though they may have been involved in church a lot, a long, a long part of their lives, they really never learned anything about Scripture. And to me, that's so sad. And, and so I think that really has to fall back on us as pastors. Are we elevating or revering God's holy word? Yeah, and it comes in a lot of little ways. It might be even as we're preaching, just pointing out, pull out your copy of God's word and mm -hmm. make sure you, you revere that book as you're doing it. You know, how you handle your Bible. You know, I, I coach Bible drillers, and one of the parts of Bible drills to learn to handle God's word respectfully. You know, mm -hmm. do we just throw do we throw our Bible into the pew or or do we set it down? You know, the way we treat our Bible says something about how we think about the Bible. And so we set the tone, we set the example, not just by the words we say, but the actions of our lives as well. Right. Well, and I used to ask my church members uh, when I was pastoring is, did, does your Bible live in your car? Um, you know, do you bring it to church, but you left it in the car all week and, you know, it's cooking in there in the sun, especially in Texas right now. Uh, you know, and so we, we need to, as pastors, we need to challenge our people with that. You know, how are you treating, just like Alan said, are you treating it respectfully? And that means not just holding it, but reading it, putting it in, in your life. Uh, you remember, Trent, the uh, study Bible called the Open Bible? It was really popular mm -hmm. in the 80s. You know, I got a gift of one. It was a new American Standard Version of the Bible. And I was so proud of that Bible. I took it everywhere I went. It was in my car one day, and uh, we actually got a rainstorm. And oh. my, my Bible was baptized. It got twice as thick that day. <laughs> um, as it had been, but I still have it, and I, I, really, still, yeah. I still go back for some notes in it every now and then, but we need to revere uh, God, God's Word. So mm -hmm. what's the next question, Trent? How, that kind of, I think it ties in closely. So the next question is, do we study Scripture first before any other book for a sermon? 
And I was thinking about this, you know, there's there's lots of books. My goodness, you know, Alan and I would go to conferences and um, conventions and things. And there's people that are giving books that are selling books. And there's just there's all kinds of stuff that seems to be wanting to come alongside scripture. But you can't do we study that stuff or do we study the Bible? Yeah, you know, I learned a long time ago that a good sermon begins with a good text. That was the words of one of my early mentors at ministry. Um, our sermon planning needs to come from the word, and we supplement that. I believe you should supplement that because reading the Bible and not understanding how others understand it, not taking time to study the context and the meaning and the nuances of the original language, um, is not showing God's word the respect it deserves, but also starting with your great idea because you heard so-and-so preach a wonderful sermon on this and you want to do your own twist on that is not the right place to begin. Start start with God's word itself and let your sermons come from there. Mm -hmm. And letting him speak to you first, pastors. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're guilty of saying, well, I'm going to use this scripture for my sermon but we've not given it time to let it speak to us um, and it should speak to us before it before we speak to our people yeah absolutely it's such an important truth and i'm glad you you shared that part because we again we are people who are defined by how we value god's word and people don't need a ted talk from us they need us to communicate god's word and god's truth with them so mm -hmm. we we need to be people grounded in the word there's another question trent and that's do we encourage our our flock to bring their bible to church i remember those times i remember growing up and no one got out of the car without a bible today that's not universally true and some people get out of the car and their bible's on their phone um, but let's talk about that are we encouraging people to bring their bible to church uh, yeah this is a it's kind of a weird cultural time right now where, you know, folks do have their phone on their on the, or have their Bible on their phone, which is is wonderful. I'm thankful for those apps that, you know, spread God's word. Um, but we I, I don't know. I just feel like that we also need to have a copy of God's word that we can, you know, look in. And I'm a believer in, in being able to underline and highlight things so I remember them, you know. And so I'm a big believer in having your own personal copy alongside. You, you can have your phone, you know, when you're on driving around or whatever. It's good to have that read to you. But man, I like a good hard copy of Scripture. Yeah, and if you are that person who your whole life is digital, I, I get it. But do you have an app that allows you to make notes and things like that and save those notes? I would encourage you if, if you are only digital to do that. But I, I'm like you, Trent. I prefer a hard copy. And one of the things I like, if you look it up, almost every translation has, has what's called a note taker's Bible. Mm -hmm. And that's where you've got a column on the outside where you can take notes. And that's my favorite form to study on my own. I have my preaching Bible, too, that I like to put my notes in and preach from. Right. The print's a little bigger, and I can make the print of my notes <laughs> as big as I want it to be. But but I love my my note-taking Bible. is really my favorite, and I go back and I'll take notes. If I get to be a part of a worship service, I'll take that Bible so I can write notes in the sideline and Steal, I mean, borrow from their message at some point in time in the future if need be. But, right. But um, anyway, it's important. You know, 
I remember those envelopes, and we make fun of them a lot, those old church envelopes. Are you present? Did you bring mm-hmm. your tithe? Did you bring your Bible? Right. Um, but I learned really early on in my life to bring my Bible with me to church, and I'm grateful I did. I've never regretted taking my Bible to church with me, and I don't think anyone who would make a habit of that would regret that. No, I agree. And, you know, another Think about this too. We've been, we've encouraged students to take their Bible to school, um, you know. And I would encourage adults take your Bible with you to work too. Uh, if it, if your Bible's only on your phone, nobody can tell what you're reading. That you either you could be scrolling Facebook for all they know, uh, even if you're reading Scripture. And so having a physical Bible there with you, it makes a statement, and you know, and it can cause some a, a start a conversation. Like, what is that? What are you reading? You know, and do you read it every day? Uh, and so you can talk with people because of that. Um, I Now, I'm, I'm not against, you know, online stuff. And, man, I use it. There's so many great tools uh, that, that are available to you. I like going to Bible.cc because it has all the commentaries, the interlinear and all of the scripture, um, you know, the different translations. Those are some great things, but then you also just need, and by the way, that that's old talk, Alan, when we're talking about making those fonts bigger and bigger and bigger, <laughs> I got to have that yep. myself. Yeah, yeah, the fonts get big. I, I mean, I used to kind of laugh at how thick my grandparents' Bibles were. Now, like, I wish I had that one. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Coffee table yeah. Bible, man. <laughs> yeah, so... So we want we want our folks to bring their Bible to church. Here's the other part of that. Are we encouraging them to study their Bible outside of church as well? You know, did you, do we are we studying God's word? Are we leading our people to study God's word? There's a lot of ways to do that. What are some of the effective ways you found to do that, Trent? Well, um, you know, it, it becomes it's a discipline, right? Just spending time every day in God's word. And and, and some of that, what you mentioned, the envelopes, you know, and checking um it sometimes i saw that it would ask you did you study your bible this week you know or and did you read your bible and i we just need that accountability um but there's great ways you can do a you know go through a book we encourage new believers to start with the book of john maybe and and go through that i like the book of james i've been through it lots of times but and then also reading through scripture the entirety of scripture from beginning to end too yeah, a lot of churches will start reading plans together, and maybe they make some kind of um, social media group where they put in their thoughts of, of their daily reading and things like that. I've seen that be an effective tool. I've used that in the times past. Um, I've used different different ways to try to engage God's Word. I've, I've, I've put a list out of multiple types of readings to do um, mm-hmm. uh, in the course of the year. One of the creative ones, I had a friend who um, wanted to spend a year just really studying the Gospels. And mm-hmm. so so once once a week, they would read a Gospel. So it might be Matthew in week one, Mark in week two, Luke in week three, and John in week four. And by the end of the year, you've read through the, each Gospel 13 times. Wow. And that, that was a, a great resource for them. And, and they were a pastor, so a lot of great sermons came out of those, those mm. understandings of the Gospels. So I think that can be an effective thing. What is your plan? If you don't have a plan, you're not going to do it. So you got to start with some kind of plan. And so our role as pastors is to help our people develop some Mm -hmm. kind of plan. 
But we also shouldn't talk about reading the Bible as if it's just some awful responsibility. It's a joy. It's a privilege. Yeah, yeah. God's given us a, his love letter to us, right? And and so why would I not read it when the God who himself is love has given me his word, his thoughts, his his truth? Man, it's a, what a blessing. And it's it's supposed to help me to live better and not be hurt. You know, I make stupid decisions. I don't, I know nobody else does that, but I, I, I've got a hoof and mouth disease half the time. And so scripture helps me to, you know, protects me from making bad decisions. And so I need that. Um, another thing you're mentioning too about plans. And one thing I like about like the version app there, there's lots of plans that you can not only do yourself, but you can invite a friend to do on your version app. And so that's a great tool there as well. Yeah. So there you go. The, you, you can have your own, there's a great way to use your online resource right there is through the U version mm -hmm. because they, they certainly have done a lot of great tools with that. And we're the first, of course, to get the Bible to an app format. So I always think that's pretty neat. So, Trent, those are all things that I think we can tell people to do very readily, mm -hmm. but there's one that seems to be harder. It's harder for me, and I think you're going to say it's harder for you too, but that's, are we encouraging our, our people to memorize scripture? Yeah, and I've talked to people lots of, lots of times, just like you mentioned, Alan, they say, well, I, I can't, I can't seem to do that. But if you ask them, you know, what, what's your phone number or what's your wife's phone number? We memorize the things that are important to us. Right. Um, and so we just have to make it a priority and, and practice. It doesn't just happen like that. You, you've got to um, practice memorizing scripture. You mentioned, Alan, that you helped coach the Bible drill. Um, and what a great example of learning scripture. And we did Awanas for a while. That was such a great tool of helping um, students learn scriptures. Yeah, the verses I learned when I was a kid, I still know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know funny. It's funny the things I remember. What I loved about that program, too, is that he also gave me some things like key passages where I learned where key places in the Bible were. And those things have just stayed with me. I could, you know, could find any book of the Bible, could knew them extremely well and it's good to know god's word and i think the the framework for knowing god's word we talk a lot today too about the crisis of ministry leaders that we have mm -hmm. well when we, when we know god's word we memorize god's word we place god's word in our hearts it, it grows it's like a seed that gets planted and that's from that it begins to bear fruit in our lives and i think it did that in my life um, I think that's done that in your life, and we see that repeated over and over again, that God's word grows in our hearts, and then it begins to bear fruit in our lives. So that's why it's so important, I think, to learn to memorize scripture. And I do think as we get older, that gets harder. You know, you mentioned you memorize your phone number. I even struggle to memorize my own zip code. <laughs> I feel sometimes when I'm when they ask me for my zip code, I'm like, it's, uh, I, I wait, it's on the tip of my tongue. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. And it is. It's harder. It gets harder as we go along to memorize, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean it can't be done. There are plenty of examples of guys who made a commitment to memorize God's word later in life and have done that. It's really about just making that a more of a priority in our lives. And I bet that's one that could convict all of us out there today, myself included. Right. Well, and you mentioned a four-letter word that's got a lot of extra letters, and that is commitment. 
uh, making a commitment to do it, I think, is, is such a, an important part of this is, you know, it, it's important if it's important enough for God to give it to us and to protect it over the centuries, then it's important enough for us to make a commitment to be in God's word and, and to learn more about it. So uh, I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, as we do get older, we, we learn differently, um, you know, and so you may need to write it out. Um, so studies have shown that if you not, not just read it, but write it and listen to it, uh, the more ways you can have it put into your mind, the, the better off you are. And then so, um, you know, write it down, read it out loud, write it down, uh, and then put it on your mirror on, you know, as you're getting ready every morning, you're listening or looking at it or in your car, hang it on, you know, on your mirror or something, keep it in your pocket. There's lots of ways to learn it. Yeah. And I would encourage you too, if you, if you struggle with it, memorize longer passages. So start with little parts of a longer passage until you memorize a longer passage. So you're staying in one place. Um, believe it or not, that's actually easier than it is trying to learn one verse here, one verse there. Plus you're learning more of the context. So that might right. be something that you can use to be of help to you as you seek to know God's word better but create a habit in your life uh, around God's word. And you, you certainly won't want, won't regret that. Yeah. It's not wasted time. Believe me, because it does change your life. And uh, God has given us that to be a fence to protect us. And so we want to encourage you to revere scripture. That means to hold it in value, to hold it high. And um, we want our churches to do that. Uh, if you're a pastor listening to this, uh, just do some self-evaluation here. Are, are you encouraging your people to hold Scripture in high regard? Uh, I think this is such an important thing, and we've seen churches that that don't do that, and they slip into making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision when they don't hold Scripture in high regard. That's a great word. So again, we're so grateful you take time to join us. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad Trent's back. I've missed our conversation. <laughs> and so uh, this has been great. It's good to catch up with you. It's good to talk about God's word because it really is the foundation um, for our ministry and how we do ministry. It's because we have a great resource in God's word. So um, hold it in high reverence, treat it well, use it well, and live it well. So again, we are here to help you and your church endure. On behalf of Trent, we just want to say thank you for listening and make sure you share this with someone else. If you would also leave us a review on our on the Apple Store, let people know how much you, you appreciate this podcast and be sure to tune in next week. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Bye-bye.